1: Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Last night, uh, Bud Friedman passed away at 90. The uh, gentleman who started the Hollywood Improv and is the reason that that club um, is what it is today. He's responsible for comedians uh, giving so many comedians starts like Seinfeld, Robin Williams, Ellen, Andy Kaufman, Jay Leno, Jim Carrey. Uh, um, countless, man. I mean, the Improv is as important to stand-up comedy as the comedy store is a a club that's synonymous with stand-up comedy bud uh definitely had uh you know mitzi shore qualities and vibes as far as curating talent and giving comics an opportunity uh and and the stage time to hone their craft and man he did it for a long time and if you've Seen on Twitter and Facebook, there's so many posts coming through of people um, saying that that uh, Bud gave them his start. Sandler had a beautiful post on Instagram. Um, my buddy Dan Levy posted something about being—I uh, think it was maybe 2021 when he first got to. Um, showcase in front of Bud and then Bud uh, gave him um, a week in Vegas at the Vegas Improv, which is what he did with me. He gave me a week at the Vegas Improv and then at the Tahoe Improv. And I remember my buddy, uh, David Rubin, who my old roommate, great dude, uh, was Bud's assistant. And David was just a fan of mine and a, and a great dude and and went out of his way to, to tell Bud to stick around one night and watch me. And he did. And he thought I was really funny and he told me that and then he started booking me uh, at some of his rooms outside of Hollywood and that got me like a little more credibility and in the door and headline experience and that opened me up to getting to some other uh, improvs around the country and just also was a little victory it's like when you're coming up in stand up you're looking for mini victories things that are going to validate that you're doing that you're on the right path and that you feel good about the work you're putting in and that it's getting recognized and Bud was a sweetheart, such a sweet dude, and so funny. And you'll see in this episode uh, that Brad Williams and I did with Bud. August 13th, 2013, 10 years ago, we recorded this episode, and uh, and it's awesome, man. The stories that Bud shares um, is uh, is pretty incredible. So enjoy this episode. R.I.P. Bud. You, you you did a lot. <laughs> you did a lot for comedy and uh, your legacy will live on. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy Monday's episode brand new with uh, My Name is Earl, Welcome to Flatch, and Joe Dirt star, Jamie Presley. Talk to you guys soon.
2: Hey, it's Herbert, mm-hmm. and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast,
0: you slippery little son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. About Last night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the About Last Night show. I'm your host, Brad Williams. Joining me is my co-host Adam Ray, hey. and uh, we have a very special guest. Yeah, it's a very special day, and
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I must say so myself.
0: And <laughs> even if you don't recognize the name, this man—what do you mean you don't recognize th- him? Yeah, Brad. What <laughs> a fuck! What a well, shitty I, intro. I'm just
2: saying that you're a monument.
1: Okay, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, this Wait, is, the is the About you, Last Brad. Night show. I bought, What's this?
2: I bought my intro. You bought... Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> said, you know, that's funny. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, the, has there, was there ever been a time when comics would... Because, you know, you have to tell the host your intro when you go up. Do people ever... Have you seen people give their intros to the host before they go up to really... Like, if oh, it's a sure. lot of credits? Yeah, yeah. this day and age, I feel like people, it's just like a couple things. or some comics It's like, I don't oh. care what you say, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, no, some guys are particular and some guys aren't. And, uh, you know, it's always funny... If you need an introduction, sure. you know, how good are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Good, good philosophy. Well, how we, famous you are, not yeah. how good you are. Yeah, yeah. We
0: we are talking to the legendary Bud Friedman. Yeah, you oh. have credits worthy of an introduction. And uh, basically, if you've ever been to a comedy club, you owe this man a debt of gratitude. Uh, not just the improvs, uh, which he started. You founded in 1963. 63. 63. 63, 63. 63 founded good, the, right. the original improvisation. The Street. In right? New
1: York, forty fourth street. In the corner right. of ninth and uh ninth. Well,
0: there yeah. you go. Okay. Adam Ray does it little history. bit of research. Yeah. There you go. Uh and why people why all people owe you such a debt of gratitude is because people don't realize there was a time when there wasn't comedy clubs. We all take it for granted believe. nowadays. Well,
2: that, Jay Leno used to say, Before me, there was no comedy. You know, wow, so, there really you know, wasn't. Well, it was. I mean, I mean, you you heard
0: stories about guys like Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor having to go up and just open in front of strippers or bands, and may, maybe the Catskills. Like those were the only places where stand up really was. You brought a home. Coincidentally, that's how
1: Brad and I met uh, doing stand up at a strip club. <laughs>
0: oh, I thought <laughs> the
2: Catskills. Yeah, there. this guy. Yeah, there oh, yeah. I that too. <laughs> I saw Richard Pryor in the Catskills. He, that, well, he, I wouldn't say he was a regular there, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. in the Catskills. Uh,
0: when, when did you see him?
2: Well, I saw Richard for the first time in 1964. Wow. I just opened.
1: What did you oh, think when you saw him?
2: Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, from day one, he was, you know, he was on the top of my list. I'm always, Absolutely. I'm
1: always curious because you told me on the uh, shuttle back when we were in uh, at the Montreal at my, at Comedy. In my Festival. private car in your private car, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So Bud and I meet on the way out from the Montreal Comedy Festival and
2: uh and you're very gracious. Contracts stashed under our arms <laughs> like we could not believe, <laughs> yeah. Brad. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to make you jealous <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. got offers up because holding deals from NBC, CBS, all that Yeah, jazz. hold this, I think the <laughs> Yeah,
1: and, I think, and so we start chatting, and then and then you were like, What do you want to go with us in our private car to the airport? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I would love to, and then the girl goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, Mr. Freeman, it's actually um, just a, a shuttle that everybody takes." And you're like, "Oh, cool. What's your name?" She said, like, "Catherine." Catherine, great. Old. I gotta remind myself to give that name to the festival, so they don't uh, have you work here again. And uh, (laughs) and she was like, "Oh no, you're
0: (laughs) a kid again." But but you were
1: telling me on the on the shuttle back that um, guys like Chappelle and Pryor that you saw right off the bat that you just knew there was like something in them. But then you were saying that guys like Sandler, you and Alex, your wife both were like, "Yeah, I mean, you knew he was funny." No,
2: Alex, Alex, she thought with Adam. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we saw uh, Adam, uh, you know, before he got Saturday Night Live, he was completely Mm -hmm. unknown. We were in New York for a couple of days and. Alex was a, is a good sport, yeah. and uh, she goes, we go to comedy clubs all over the world. Sure. That way, I can ride off our vacations. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were at, uh, I think, Catch, and uh, Adam went on. Mm-hmm. And when he finished, Alex, my wife, who's not in the business, as mm-hmm. or wasn't when she met me, said, um, you should go talk to that young man. I said, why? He doesn't have an act. And she says, he's got something. Go talk to him. Wow. And I did, and three weeks later, he moved out to L.A.,
1: Wow, so, I can't remember. Yeah. I think I've seen some old tape of him, but he, and, and he had that. He kind of had some of that the little event still, but it, but it was a lot younger and a lot oh, like boy. more like he's yeah. just really kind of awkward bar mitzvah boy. But like you're yeah. right, I mean those there was something. Uh, yeah. Now when you're when when you're
0: in New York in the early sixties, what makes you have the idea of let's have? I mean, it, was the improvisation even really a comedy club and start off, or was it sort Brad, of a mix of you're looking magicians, at magician comedy
2: or? genius. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> a humble one at that, too. Oh yes, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. started the club in 1963 <laughs> in mm-hmm. February as a coffee house with food. We didn't have a liquor license or anything okay. for uh, kids in Broadway shows to come in and sing after they finished their shows.
0: Okay, so like a, like a late night place. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh,
2: yeah, definitely late night. And um, one night after about a year, mm-hmm. coincidentally, we just got a wine and beer license, this comic came in by the name of Dave Astor. And Dave was a comics comic. No one you would probably know. He's. Uh, long gone but uh he was playing the blue angel which is another place you would not know of but uh <laughs> it was the place to work in the east sure. side of new york and, sure and uh was it, it similar
1: to a Chuck E. cheese i was trying uh, to find some sort uh, of no, connection no, here
2: you know, no okay. let me uh, uh, it's hard to describe because they don't have places they don't yet, have any they, it was some word you probably wouldn't be uh, familiar with sophisticated oh sophisticated let me think google that's a, that I'll i it's right. yeah, a band right. from yeah, orange county right. yeah. <laughs> it's a duke ellington song yeah. and uh, anyway uh he got up and performed and he mm-hmm. enjoyed it he came back the next night and a couple of his friends you know his peers came yeah. to see him at the blue angel he brought him to the improv yeah. and they got up and performed and that's how oh, I became a comedy genius for the first time.
1: <laughs> so, and what did you see in them performing that made you think? Well, of, like, I, they get I a found business going out in.
2: I had a better ear for comedy than I did for singing, mm-hmm. and I'd rather hear a joke being told over and over with nuances, you know, rather than the same fucking song over <laughs> sure. and over and over. You know, everyone was singing as long. Oliver was on Broadway. That was a show. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone sang "As long as he needs me." You know, sure. and you know, in those days, in the early '60s? There wasn't of the too much guys variation. Guys were right? out. Yeah, yeah. You know, a guys getting up singing as long as he needs me. I think what the hell they were talking yeah, about. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. You know, I digress. So anyway. <laughs> right. but, uh,
1: Wait. So and so, there had to have been a handful of comics because obviously, like everyone attributes, like the, um you know, a lot of you being instrumental in careers for you know Jay Leno and Robert Klein and Rodney Dangerfield and Richard Pryor and Andy Kaufman and Freddie Prinze. Like, were those the guys that maybe you saw that you? To, to be your almost like your first. Um, well, the group. Uh, the
2: first group was uh, Dave Astor, mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, and a guy named Ron Carey. Ron was um, the one of the funniest guys. On you know, I put him there up there with the top three with Pryor. Wow! Uh, he played the uh, you should buy an expression the short cop in Bonnie Miller, <laughs> who wanted to become. I'm so offended right now. He <laughs> wanted to become a uh, detective. Okay. He was in uniform. And uh, he was also in a lot of Mel Brooks movies. And uh,
1: by the way, Dwarf Detective would be a great movie Brad. <laughs> if we can somehow get that going. Hey, yeah, we yeah.
2: had we had we had Paul Feig on here
0: earlier. We you know you know we can call him up. Sure. Yeah. You know you, you he did the Heat, he's, Dwarf, dwarf Detective. He's
1: got some heat
2: on him. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Yeah, but you have to wear a dress. Uh, <laughs> Sign me up, but Have to Dwarf de- Detective in dress. It, yeah? It's yeah. kind of an yeah. alliteration. <laughs> yeah. you know. Sure, it'll work. Uh, my, yeah. The, Ron uh, Carey was fantastic. a guy in the movie High Anxiety. Uh, he He grabbed the suitcases from Mel Brooks, and he says, I got it, I got it,
1: I got it, I I I don't got it, I don't got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But he used to do, in 1963 and 4, he did Friday, Saturday night, four shows. And we didn't have shows in those days. right? But he sold everything out. He was so fucking funny, doing Catholic material. He was very Uh Catholic, brought up. And he did all this Catholic material, which was in those days so avant-garde. And I just heard a record of his recently, you you know, played it. And it wasn't that now, it's sure, nothing. Sure, it doesn't hold but up. Then, sure, sure. Wow. Crushed. It was, you know, so cutting edge. It was so terrific. It, but it's funny. Right. Still funny. Yeah. You, you know, he was a hysterical person.
1: And those are the types of guys that you were really attracted to. Yeah, but to, what yeah. they
2: did was um, we had one little microphone, and Dave Vass would sit in the corner, tell a story, and Richard Pryor and, and Ron Carey would act them out. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. Like story theater, long before story theater came yeah. out. And then um, Robert Klein came along, Rodney Dangerfield came in, uh, a gal named Liz Torres, uh, who was a singing comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, when,
0: when, when a guy like Rodney comes in, because we, we, he came in, he had started stand-up earlier in life and then sort started- of took a break, this sold... This was his third he's, comeback. Yeah, he he's sold, like, air conditioners comeback. for a while no, or something. No, aluminum siding. Let's aluminum siding, yes, yes, track. yes. <laughs>
2: All it. right, I'm trying, I'm trying. Oh, uh, no, I mean, because he was very proud. Boy, so thing. far, your dwarf
1: detective work has just <laughs> been awful. It's just been terrible. The first terrible case, case movie, has bitch. not been cracked, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but,
0: so, this is his third try, and is he still going on as, uh... What is it? Rodney. Oh, so he's going on at Rodney.
2: No, that's the story. He opened so, at the living room, which was not quite the... A bone swab at very nice little East Side place mm-hmm. where they paid you. Right. Oh wow! And uh, he got a review in the New York Times. Rodney Dangerfield. And I expected some Princetonian guy to come in with a you know a sick sucker suit on, right? Sure, sure. A little tie and, t- right. and this middle aged drunk fat guy comes in <laughs> and it's Rodney and he's drunk and he goes up and he bombs. <laughs> He <laughs> comes back the next night, night sober, and he says, "I'll show these punks." And he wiped up the floor. Wow! wow. And he became our literally a house MC for about two and a half years. Wow! And if you were a celebrity and came in the audience, you better be prepared to get up because Rodney would get you up. No on kidding. The stage, yeah.
0: Wow! So, and and that's the thing is you were the place that all the like like you said you, you started as a place for the Broadway performers right. to go. But I'm sure you, the place built its reputation on just like. People just show up because once celebrities start coming to the county. But
2: we also had, you know, besides the comedians Mm would show up. You know, I remember Bill Cosby coming to the audience and Rodney making him get up. He didn't want to get up but he got up. But uh, we had uh, Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli singing together with Peter Allen playing the piano. What? The wow! Fuck? We had one night. We had dud- Now you may not know all these people. I'm not being. I saw
1: what? Justin Bieber at the Laugh Factory two weeks ago. <laughs> that's the story I have. That's. I mean, Jesus, that's weird. Really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's Judy not Garland? Ju- yeah, Judy
0: Garland and Liza and sing I at the sang same time. With Judy.
2: What? You sang with Judy Garland? Her, her. Her piano player, all, all her last, our g- all
0: our gay fans just yeah, got I erections know. right <laughs> now they're like what her her, her
2: her last piano player was a former piano player of mine and he used to bring her in mm-hmm. you know just you know just before she died and uh one night there was no few people were there and a friend of mine jack knight who is an actor and a singer and a bon vivant and a carpenter he helped build both clubs mm. and he go. um uh, he did a series with Dom DeLuise out here when I came out. to help me find the improv. But anyway, so Jack is this big stock. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. And uh, and we had this terrazzo floor in front of the little stage. And Judy's on the stage singing. John Myers is playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And she's singing on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And I'm on a chair. And Jack is pushing me like it's the thing on the on the boardwalk in the Atlantic yeah. City. Oh, right. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all singing together. Oh, and then other songs we sang together. And then there's two couples in the room, maybe 10 people all together. There's two couples. And they were gypsies, real gypsies, not like the ones on Broadway. Right. <laughs> and a woman says, calls me and she says, I want to sing next. And okay. I said, well, I'm sorry, but Miss Garland is singing. And, yeah. I'm not going to replace her with you. She, she says, but well, she she the up man, there. So I don't care who she is. I want to sing. But she, I said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> pay you a check. And yeah, out yeah, out yeah, 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 please. First. I couldn't believe she didn't know who Judy Gollum was, I don't think. Wow. It. And, you know, so she picked my wallet and left. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she, Judy is. That,
1: that uh, may be
0: the first gypsy joke in the history of the About Last Night yeah,
2: podcast. Yeah, that's great. And it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, I hope it won't be the last. Yeah, but, I hope not either. How
1: was it? What was that? That was post wizard of oz yeah that she was oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. She, was, yeah. she was a child
2: yeah uh, this oh. is a year before she died Jeez. then we had a night with christopher Plummer and dudley moore playing the piano <laughs> albert finney academy award winner playing Bongo's yep. yeah. on a chair Jeez. British actor <laughs> tuesday wells tuesday Wells. Tuesday wells? No. look her up okay the mm-hmm. gorgeous gorgeous young lady who was going out with dudley moore dudley moore yeah of course oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh yeah and she was stretched out on the piano oh and by the way the piano was a 66 key keyboard sta- upright wow. so it was a short thing and she was stretched out looking gorgeous it, yeah of course and jason Robards was singing yep. wow and in the corner was a guy with a guitar now we're snobs we're broadway snobs sure. in the corner was this guy playing the guitar and he wants to join in and he and we didn't have a liquor license nothing why nothing he sent his friend home three different times to get bottles of champagne for us good champagne to drink. And finally we let him sing along. Yeah. And cause he was a rock and roll composer. That's all we knew. Right. Well, his name was Mort Schumann. Mort Schumann wrote, I don't know, 10 Presley hits. Did he really? Oh, wow. And he also wrote, uh, Jacques Brel is alive and well. I don't know. Jesus. You know yeah, 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 yeah. And all
1: I did was, uh, musicals in high school and, uh, oh, college. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, it was, you know, some some nights. That's night. incredible. And there were nights where they'd all sun up, singing. Doing comedy, and, and
1: I keep hearing those. Yeah. Sto- you know, now at the uh, you know the Hollywood Improv, where it's you know our, all our homes here in L.A. And like you know uh, Eddie, the you know the, the bartender, oh, yeah. he, I mean, he'll tell me stories every now and then of just these of just how it was, and it's yeah. just like you know. I guess there's a it's somewhat comparable now, but I mean, it doesn't sound like it's even oh, close. Can, I to- mean,
2: even here, out here, can mm-hmm. you can you imagine walking into your bar when I still ran the club? Sure. And there's um. Uh, Jessica Lang and um, what's her boyfriend's name? Uh, Warren Beatty. No, no. no. the uh, the Sam Shepard. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Drinking in the corner of the bar. Jeez. Nobody's bothering. No, him. Just hanging out. Just <laughs> drinking in the corner of the
0: bar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and it's kind of like what you said. Now our stories are well. We did stand up at the Laugh Factory, and uh, Bieber was there. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. really? exactly. really? Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's like, but you've literally you, you you've literally seen every comic. Is, is there? Is, is there something well, who knows?
2: It, Maybe people remember, uh, Justin Bieber. In two years. <laughs> yeah, sure. <African laughs> sure talent, yeah. Who knows? Is, is,
0: is there something that you look for in a comic? Is there, is, is there something that stands out to you? Like when you're, uh, when you're, when you're judging talent, is, is, is there something that you've seen that all the greats have had some sort of common thread at all? Uh,
2: I, I think, I guess the common thread would be originality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like to see a new voice breaking through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I judge my first judgment, not my first judgment. One of my major judgments is the audience reaction—sure, how they respond to them if they like what's happening. Yeah, you know, because uh, although you know, one of my discoveries and one of my favorites of all time is Andy Kaufman. Yeah, the audience well, hated him. Yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, you, you must have loved that. So you would oh, watch yeah. him just bomb. Oh, oh and-, and I, I understand stand and when he used to wrestle women on stage, <laughs> he really did that. Like, oh, like yeah. on a Wednesday night, any night, and he would. <laughs> And I'd have to watch the body language of, of men in the audience because I could became an expert because they tell yeah. they want to get up and hit him. Yeah. And oh I, wow. And they would I'd right? him on the chin. No, I'd no. stop okay. him. Hey, yeah. me it's a routine. It's a joke. It's, an act. it's his girlfriend.
0: Uh, <laughs> I heard I heard a story. I I heard a rumor, and I, I want to know if this is true from you that when you first met Andy, he talk to you not as Andy oh, Kaufman absolutely. but he was doing his of voice from, he, ta- from, he, from taxi for the shit out of me <laughs> so
2: absolutely.
0: I mean and that's so mind-boggling to me because because yeah. e- every time I meet a a, a club owner or s- someone who could definitely further my career get me gigs I'm on my best behavior it's yes sir <laughs> no sir and all <laughs> that and then uh and then you meet Andy and he's just like, hello Mr. Fleetman exactly I'm here to do for you the show
1: and then it, just, just the that's balls to do that. Yeah.
2: That's, a, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Ah, would, then, he, would,
1: you, would he get booked at, uh, I mean, could he do, after a while people would catch on to what he was doing no, as an actor?
2: No, it took, you know, He'd always have a new twist. Right. You know, I, when I opened out here, <clears throat> the comedy store had.
1: Yeah, when did you move out from New York and decide well, to take I opened
2: here, I moved out, I opened in 75 here. Oh, the comedy okay. store had been open two years. We had already been open for a dozen years in New York. But Mitzi still thinks I stole her idea, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mitzi Shore, that's our, our two story. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and all my guys were out here uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, Freddie Prince, uh, and um, and uh, Andy, not, yeah. A- not Andy. Um, Jimmy, Freddie, Richard Pryor, and somebody else. Jay, the, Richard uh, Lewis. Oh, Jay Leno. Jay, Jay Leno. Leno, right.
0: Yeah, because uh, you used to manage Leno. Yeah, you right? used to manage Leno. <laughs> so.
2: They were all out here. so And I, I appreciate knew they... everything you
1: did for me, by, yeah. by the way. I appreciate <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and they would all come. Yeah, you know, I knew they'd all come to the club. Yeah. Right. But um, I wanted somebody new that yeah. they hadn't seen out here. Mm-hmm. So I brought out Andy for a month.
0: Andy. And... What what it were the crowd us. yeah What were the crowd reactions with him
2: Oh, they were great. You know, they built the crowd built up over over the time be, the month because it's an acquired you know, taste, right? And then he moved out here as mm-hmm. a result. And then I brought out Elaine Boozler. Yeah, the next month. Yeah, and by then we were on our way. So,
1: did you think uh, Jim Carrey did a great job uh, portraying Andy? Um, oh, he was. Wonderful. I thought uh, that was one of my favorite. It made movies. me cry. Yeah, you know, I was in it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I remember. playing myself. Oh yeah, oh,
2: sure. Uh, right. was, was yeah. That, you know, stretch the acting muscles yeah, a little bit. Right. Yeah, now, what, yeah, exactly. what
1: was that? I mean, what was that like? Because obviously, you, you were instrumental in, in, in Andy's career and became friends with him. I'm yeah. sure. So, like, not then to be in that movie and I mean, was it pretty surreal it was, to have? it? Oh,
2: it was. You know,
1: and see Jim take it on and make. And he would it be so in believable,
2: full character, compl- all the time. And when I came in for makeup one day, I said, "Have you seen Jim Carrey yet?" And the makeup girl says, "Lady says no, but I saw Andy Kaufman." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow! Yeah. And he made me cry once. We did a scene together, and he just because
0: because he was just so just spot so on. on,
2: right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's like you were it's like you were looking <clears throat> yeah.
1: right back at him. How, how did you? Uh, did Jim came into the club a lot, yeah? Did you get seen? We him
2: got on? we uh, we got Jim started uh, when we did Evening at the Improv. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, were a Canadian content show, which meant that uh, we had to use x amount of Canadians on the show right. in mm-hmm. order to get this tax status. It was something uh, my television associate came up with, brilliant. And uh, so we had to use everybody named Lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, as hosts, we had a, a Canadian producer, Canadian director, and we've you know there weren't too many. There was only the yuck, one Yuck Yucks up there at the time. We didn't know how lucky we were. And um, that's because I don't like the guy long. <laughs> the- oh, oh, sorry. oh That's that fine. Idea. Yeah. No, no. Wonder feud. Uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, like the first time I I didn't fantaz- mention his name is Breslin. Yeah, yeah perfect. Breslin. Yeah. So, so anyway. Yeah. I don't think we've done Yuck so, Yucks, right? So, <laughs> uh, we had, um, we brought in Jim Carrey, Howie Mandel, Mike McDonald, and about 15 other guys mm-hmm. whom we taped and then threw, paid him, and then threw away the tape. Yeah. But wow. we used Howie and Jim and Mike yeah. and maybe one or two others, you know, for one or two spots. But there weren't that many good Canadian comics at sure. the time. Now,
0: right? even though you say you didn't use the tape, you just did it for the tax break, did you Did you still see those guys and see something in them? That, no. No? You said no. That. no. Even no, right? Jim early on, or there was no... No, Jim yeah. we used. I'm saying
2: Jim, oh, Jim. we used oh, Over okay. and Howie, but Jim was doing impressions. Of right. Them. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing but impressions. Were
1: there? Were there? He was one of a few impression comics, or were a lot of people doing it at, when he was? Well, doing
2: there, it. I think I would had to guess there's more impressions then than now. now that I yeah, think of it.
0: sure. But, yeah, uh, you had your guys like your uh, Rich Littles, who's been doing it forever, yeah, yeah. and it, it's sort of. Did
2: you know David Fry? Uh,
0: I never, I never knew David Fry. No. I mean, you know the name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, know yeah. the name. Yes. No, you know him, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But
1: <laughs> I would like to think that Jim is another one of those guys that you see and you're just immediately like, All right, well the way he's um, you know, contorting his body and and, and you know, tur- turning himself, transforming himself into that's always the one thing that impressed me about him when I would see him on a living color and why I feel like he's influenced me more than most Saturday Night Live people is that like he not only is he literally becomes the part, you just don't see him being like, Oh yeah, he's doing an impression of whatever. It's like he yeah. does something in his body yeah. to or his face to really just um
2: you know. Well, what he did with Andy was yeah. My uh, real. Uh
0: now when you now when you were managing Jay Leno, <clears throat> Jay when when you hear stories about him, it's always just just utter workaholic, just total dedication to the craft. Could could you see that from a young age in him? Like, yeah, that, that, that this guy's destined for greatness.
2: I smile when you say that yeah. because the story how the second coming of my genius okay. was one night <laughs> the name at 44th <laughs> Street and 9th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been to New York, I'm sure. sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and he comes up to me one night and he says, Mr. Friedman, he says, I've been driving down <laughs> three nights in a row from Everybody, Boston.
1: Everybody's got a J. yeah,
2: And not getting on. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, how, well, how do I get on? I said, well, 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 you've been driving down from Boston, not getting on and driving home again that night? Yeah, three nights in a row. That's I said, ridiculous. you're on next. Whoa. Wow. I mean, you're looking at a guy, and this is true. The first time Alex and I, my wife and I, went mm-hmm. to Palm Springs 32, 33 years ago, we spent the night in Riverside to break up the trip. Sure. That's how much I like to drive. Do yeah. you realize what the, how I'll, funny that is? Yeah,
0: because yeah. Riverside's not close quite out of the well, way. Well,
2: Riverside is, no, It's it's,
0: no. Like, it's like an hour away or something. an yeah, right? hour away, yeah.
2: and, and another hour would be Palm oh, Springs. Oh, okay. You'd be so no two-hour trip, I had to break it up. Wow. Okay. That's something I <laughs> like to <that>. Okay. <laughs> Um, i won't be here all week uh, uh, wow. anyway so yeah. jay went on and you know he's brilliant
0: and then he just said "Well, wow. but, but but what i mean and that's so would, great that you were able to do that and that you saw that and that you just saw the dedication that a, a, a young guy would have because so many times now you see club owners and it's just uh well how many people did you bring uh what do you got what have i seen you on uh it, it seems like Back when you were doing this, you really saw the need to nurture comics and say, "Yeah, let's let's
1: let you develop your act." Yeah. Well, everybody I, needs a boost, right? I mean, well, Jay, if he hadn't, I mean, who knows if you hadn't have done that? Because then I'm sure sh- Jay would have been a comic. Yeah. Okay. I
2: mean, I used to take credit for everyone's career, yeah. <laughs> and then I realized they would have made it without me, not as fast. Sure. But they would have been, except maybe for Jimmy Walker. But that's another story. That I'm grateful <laughs> <past>. But anyway, <laughs> um,
1: I did a pilot with that guy. You did? Yeah. Recently? About three years ago, with him, Natasha Leggeo, and Eddie Pepitone about three four years ago. Oh. Never saw the light a day. But Really? He uh, came in for one day. Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't know many of his lines. <laughs> Imp- ended up improvising most of them, so that was and tough And he's to a great improviser. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> I,
0: I, I wish you guys at home could see the dramatic eye roll that <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled. I
2: yeah. just knocked my microphone out of my... <laughs>
1: Wait a, but, but with Jay, I mean, uh, and then, you know, to take over for uh, uh, Carson, I mean, like, uh, again, is that something you, from the get-go, when you saw him and, and you gave him that chance, you're like, oh, good, I'm glad I was able to get him Adam, going. Adam, I, I, you I, can't I see. never, can't
2: ever, ever thought... That stand-up comics would become as important as they are today. You know, I cannot—not my wildest dreams. Yeah, because you yeah. see,
0: I mean, you, you see, there's a lot of people who get their news today from stand-up comics, right. whether yeah. it be Bill Maher, John yeah. Stewart, yeah. or even or even watching the Tonight Show yeah, and, exactly. and, and getting Jay's say yeah, on the day. Exactly is,
2: I mean,
1: oh, I used to watch. I mean, when I would watch Geraldo and listen to him just pull up things from the news, I was like, oh, oh, like that's how I get informed. Not, uh, Greg Geraldo. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, who or, am I thinking? Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo yeah. Rivera, right. <laughs> well, and also well, a great comic. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's just not <laughs> yeah. trying to be. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh and and did you also manage Bette Midler? I managed Bette Midler, yes. So we we owe any, so anyone who is a fan of the showgirl owes that to you. Right. Uh, wow. So and then um, you you would put on Bette, like in the
2: uh in the original Days of the Improv, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Was to do stand up? Well, she no, she came in to sing. Mm-hmm. But hanging around the improv, she figured she better do some funny lines in yeah. between. So she started to do funny lines in between
1: and developed some uh, some timing yeah, and, and timing uh, and yeah, audience. Yeah. My mom just saw her one woman show in New York. Uh, oh yeah, uh, about okay. three months ago. Yeah. Just was yeah. you know, and Alex so was- and I.
2: Alex and I flew in for the opening. Did you really? And her manager says. We have to put you in the bow- in the mezzanine because she doesn't want to see anybody she knows in the fucking. I said we flew in <laughs> yeah. from LA yeah, to see her. You can put her-
0: and, 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 and like Bette Midler, the consummate professional that she is, would ever be in the middle of an act, be scanning the audience, yeah, see, right. see see your face yeah. go, oh, Bud. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs>
1: but now here's my question: Would you rather see people she uh, 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 knows, or like, what if Brad was just like standing on a seat mid thing? <laughs> if you see a dwarf midway through your show, what throws you off more, people you? know or that
2: well i don't know we'll have to ask him when yeah. we see yeah. it okay. <laughs>
1: yeah okay uh no it, was she okay so so you were using the club uh, so bet
2: used to bet came in the first time she was in fiddler uh she had a small role mm-hmm. and uh, a woman who was in the show a character lady that i knew brought her in and bet sang what we now laughing we flirt refer to as two dirges you know the uh, in the Port of Amsterdam, as a matter of fact, in the Port of Amsterdam. <laughs> right. And I said, thanks very much, and no thank you. And, yeah. and then six <laughs> months later, I went to see an ex waitress of mine who coincidentally was understudying Bet in Fiddler oh, wow. perform at a place called the African Room east All right. of Broadway on 45th Street, I think it was, or 43rd. And I went to see this gal, Roz, sing, and uh, Bette came on first. And sang "Am I Blue" and just blew me away. And I said, "You got to come back!"
0: Wow. You said, "You said what asshole fired you from the improv?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that guy. Now, when you would tell people like Bet and Rodney and Jay to keep coming back, I mean, were there there must have been something also about you and the room that they loved because oh,
2: the room was because there's places
1: I've been to that maybe you know some you know shithole, and they're like, "Please come back anytime." But you can tell it's because they're like, "We need more people that are working to to get this place going." But there must they must have.
2: It was, what was it about your room that was? Uh, it was just the hippest room in the world. Yeah. Rodney said, "If you do well here, it means you ain't got no act." And I had no idea what that meant until a few years later. I was managing a comedian. I didn't. They were. They weren't all Bet and Jays. The name <laughs> of Marvin Braverman, and okay. Marvin got Marvin. Marvin was seen at the club by Ann, Margaret and her husband, and got a gig opening for Anne at husband, the Hilton Mel International. And
1: oh, and Bancroft and Mark. Wow! (laughs) Wow. All right,
2: (laughs) boy, you're about two million miles away. Anyway, that's
1: uh, that's
0: both uh, Adam Ray and I. USC Education, right there
2: (laughs) in the works. And he goes, he goes to Vegas, and uh, here's a man who never cursed on stage. Mm -hmm. And the first two shows I stayed for in Vegas, he did okay, but he sweated a lot. Right. Alan Carr was a very, very effeminate man who managed Ann Margaret. And he and I made a deal because Marvin owed everybody money, including me, <laughs> that out of the 1500 which was a considerable amount of money. Sure. Day, yeah, was, absolutely. Give Marvin 300 cash, send the rest to me, and when Marvin gets back, we'll settle up. And Marvin, I said, you'll have a lot of a little nest egg when you come back, and you'll have paid off everybody. This is great. So I leave. I get a call two days later from Alan. He's in tears. Oh, but, but I can't stand. It. I said, but He's calling me two in the morning, three in the morning. He's playing, um, uh, what's that thing that uh, James Uno. Bond plays? Oh, uh, oh uh, uh, Baccarat. He's playing Go Baccarat. Fish. And Luke, and he wants money all the time. And I said, "He's playing Baccarat. I don't fucking play Baccarat." <laughs> and he, and he, I, he Alan says, "I can't take it anymore." You know, I said, "Give him the money and forget about it." Oh, shit. You know. Let, but the point was, I'm sorry, I digress. I
1: don't know; these are all great he, stories. Yeah.
2: He split his pants on stage in a tuxedo. <laughs> he started cursing the next dinner show when the Hilton buyer was in the <laughs> buyer oh, there with his family. Perfect time he, to start cursing because he couldn't handle the crowds. Right. He it, it, this was Vegas then, a lot different from now. It was yeah, not as homogenized. It was not as, shall I dare use the word sophisticated again? <laughs> yes, but, yes, yes. Um, yes. you know, so he couldn't handle it wow. and that's what rodney meant because this room was so hip mm-hmm. 44th and 9th that you know it was all showbiz people practically so
1: he started cursing as a defense mechanism yeah, or, exactly. or to kind of fit in he no, of, no no uh, he just he didn't know what days. to do okay no, yeah gonna...
2: wow <laughs> he just got flushed i guess
1: that's around. what you know and that, i i think that's actually partially why um, what happened to michael richards don't you think like what that whole thing i mean he just that's such bullshit are, yeah. they,
2: are they not saying motherfucker there anymore no,
1: I think... What, did, what, did they take that word out of there?
2: Yeah, that was the whole thing with Richard. And Jamie said, no more motherfuckers here. No, we're not going to say that anymore. Really? Uh, no, no I'm, pretty,
1: I'm pretty sure i said yeah, it yeah, to you.
2: Sure I'm pretty sure you've heard a few, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They're full of shit, too. You know,
1: so. all- <laughs> did you know Michael? Huh? Do you know Michael? Very well. Yeah. yeah I mean, he
0: seems... Like uh, in like, I've seen him on the uh, Jerry Seinfeld's web series, and yeah. it seems like when he's in having conversations, he, he seems like a nice guy. He no, is, he's a wonderful guy. He, and and what and a lot of people jumped on him for that. And what people don't realize is before this advent of Twitter and YouTube and instant information, course, yeah. that kind of stuff would happen all the time at, co- at, at at comedy clubs. You'd bomb, you maybe freak out, you have a bad moment that you don't want every, everyone yeah, to right, see. Yeah. But then the next day, you went up and tried it again, and I'm no one. Sure, we don't no one have talk, to to talk
2: to you about that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh sure, the world famous lap dance. I've uh, I've, uh, I've uh, kicked a couple broads in the head. I'm not going to lie. You know but you do that no, that's, that's true. You know it was just uh, you know it was a, he took a big hit for no really re- good reason. He thought he was being funny. Yeah, and
0: uh, I have so much respect for anyone that runs a comedy club just because they have to deal with they have to deal with comedians and we're <laughs> like
2: and we're
0: not exactly always the most agreeable people on the planet. You know we're we're doing a job that's. By ourselves, so when we have a, when when we have a boss, then it, you know there's there's definitely some pushback sometimes. I mean, how like how do you deal with a, with a comic that's just freaking out? Yeah, or, like a
1: manage almost, like managing all these egos and personalities.
2: Yeah, well, you know, listen, it's. Uh what I do now, what I say now, is I'm not going to book some. You know, I, the only thing I'm booking now is Vegas and Tahoe and yeah. uh, which. Thank you, by the way. Springs. You're welcome. Yeah, that's oh, that's go, one man. of those
1: seeing people. He saw me in the crowd of the Improvable night, and he mm-hmm. told Dave, he goes, "Hey, you can book him in Tahoe." And you know, granted, I, I, like I said, that sometimes you just base off the audience reaction and not what's being said. And that night, I didn't do any material; I just shimmied for fifteen minutes. <laughs> and Bud was like, "That guy's got some great moves, Book him in Tahoe." That just shows you, tits that's, can get you t- work, him, yeah. right?
0: Thank no, you, no. absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you've had to have, you've had to had moments uh, I, I'm with, I'm with sorry, the club right. when when yeah. comics would. Just get upset with
1: you, threaten you, anything like that? Not understanding the business side. A lot of sure. comics just don't have that. You just
2: uh, say, you know, I say now, you know, I've been doing it 50 years. I mm-hmm. say it's just not worth the effort. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, bother with this person again. That's all. You know, there are plenty more out there. So yeah. uh, I've, you know, I've had arguments with comics over the years that I wanted to save. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, worked it out. Was but- Larry David one of them? No, never had a problem with Larry. Never, right? Larry <laughs> you was... told
1: me some unbelievable, because he may be one of my favorite just oh. comedic minds on the planet and uh, Curb, my favorite show, obviously Seinfeld, but you're saying that, uh, and this is so interesting, how uh, similar to Andy, where he would be... Um, but he is going
2: into <laughs> right, right, he didn't do it intentionally, but
1: that's, to me, and, is
2: almost... And he had a plan. Larry just uh, went up there yeah, and went yeah, exactly what?
1: But you said even, like, a cough would throw him off, and he'd like, I can't do you this, know, like, just off. so neurotic, yeah?
2: And, you know, we'd stand in the back, and Alex and I <laughs> and yeah, the comics, and we'd just laugh our asses off. <laughs> he was, was a comics comic, yeah, people yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah, because so you didn't so know it. how long he was going to be on stage. Yeah. Uh, the 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 story I hear all the time on Larry is that one time he walked on stage and uh, to do stand-up, and he looks at the audience, and before they said a word, and before he says a word, he just goes...
2: Nope. Yeah. And he walks off stage. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Alex and I were in New York. Um, God, 1994, I guess. When mm-hmm. did uh, Seinfeld go on the air?
0: Uh, I think 93.
2: Well, it was 92? just, yeah, before, that, uh, just yeah. before Seinfeld went on the air. Well before the pilot. Sure. And Larry had been out here, and Alex met him out here and all. And we're walking down Madison Avenue. And you hear, Alex, but Alex, And it's Larry. And he jumps out of a can. he got a big smile on his face. He says, I'm so Happy to be back here in New York. You have no idea how happy I am to be back here in New York. I couldn't stand it out there in Los Angeles. I hate Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I have to go out to do a pilot, but. I'll be done with that, and I'm coming right back to New York. Wow! <laughs> Turns
0: out <laughs> the pilot was Seinfeld. Ten years later, whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Get your real estate here, Larry. You're uh, gonna have some fun. Yeah. Uh, did you see him and Seinfeld start to kind of develop that friendship? At the, uh, I'm sure that was happening. No, that was Israel, after
2: right? I left town, actually. Okay. And then carried over here, but it started in New York. Um, ironically, I just finished reading a book by a comic named John DeBellis called um, "Stand Up Guys." Amazon. And it covers his John's period of being a comic there. And he went on to write for Saturday Night Live, among other things, uh, in 74, 75, into the end of the 80s, which is exactly the period I missed that was so fertile. Oh, shit. Yeah, that that was a comedy boom right there. I know all of these comics, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know any of these stories. And it's a wonderful book. You should get it. That's great. So
1: it's, so it's got some of that beginning, seeing the friendship and things yeah. like that Oh, yeah, on, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, he tells a story about Jerry getting naked and sitting at a bar stool in the bar. <laughs> what? Jerry Seinfeld what? getting <laughs> naked and walking in the street. Well, we Jerry should, Seinfeld, the, guy, the guy that a, won't curse on stage. You're not talking sorry. about Tracy
1: Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a, Yeah,
0: that sounds that sounds more along his lines. Yeah. I mean, and in, and in terms of dealing with comics, I mean, uh, I know you were – uh very prevalent in uh Richard Lewis's career uh, yes, as yeah. well. And Richard's one of these guys, you know, talk about neurotic. Uh he doesn't go on stage until they call his name. He's not he he's not he's not in the club. <laughs> he he's just sitting in a car just waiting and they go, "Hey, uh the the feature's closing." And he doesn't even enter the club until the guy goes, no, no wow. Richard Lewis." Is that true?
2: Well, not when I knew him. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd be hanging around the back trying to get on. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the first time he went on, It was audition. We did auditions earlier in the evening, and then we do the regular show. And he went on and killed. Yeah. Very good. I said, Well, stick around, kid. I'll put you on later. So he tells me later that, uh, and then he doesn't do that well later. Because his 30 friends who were in the audience during the audition didn't stick around. Oh, <laughs> one of those situations. Oh, God.
0: That, there, there, there's so many times when that happens in terms of uh, they, they have like comedy contests and open mic night, yeah. and you see some open micer just crushing. You're like, well, I can't say he's not funny because the audience is loving right, him every yeah. line." <laughs> then, then, then you know, you give him a gig as the, a host or a guest spot, and then you see him bomb, and you go, "Oh, that's why." Right. <laughs> well,
2: there, there are so many stories of the auditions and. Uh, one, we just talked about, um, we're doing, uh, we just finished taping interviews. We're doing, um, an hour special for epics and then going on comedy. That's right. After that 50th and anniversary of 50th anniversary. Dance, so I and, uh, I, that's why I have the list here. Of, okay. Uh, we have Seinfeld, Jimmy Fallon, Keenan Wayans, Larry David, Louis Black, Richard Lewis, Russell Brand, the Wayans brothers, Bill Maher, Jay Leno, Judd Apatow, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, <laughs> And Ray Romano, and Ray tells a story about yeah, you know uh,
0: about being married. You know. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
2: yeah. came to the club with his sister to uh, an audition night, and uh, he puts his name in the hat, and she puts another name in the hat, a non-sexual name, you know, like uh, Lynn Seeger or something sure. like that. And Lynn Seeger gets picked. So he goes up as Lynn Seeger. That's awesome. And he says, <laughs> "I became Lynn Seeger for three months. I was Lynn Seeger- until <laughs> <laughs> I got really established and could tell I'm yeah. really Ray Romano." Wow, what a great! But they 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 did a taping. They had Fallon on the stage talking, and he tells a story how he had to follow every time he had to follow Seinfeld on in Melrose. Haven't you? Oh, jeez! How crazy. hot it was! Right. And Seinfeld. Jerry walks in. while he's giving this recount. Yeah, and they start going at each other, and and Jerry says, and now... Jerry says, I'm trying to get on your show. <laughs> and I says, uh, I mean, Fallon says, Oh, you're not. He says, Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. And he went on about two weeks later. You wow.
0: Know well, yeah, because Jerry Seinfeld says, I'm trying to get on I your know, show. You don't sell, right? No. Yeah, exactly. I I, I I, can only hope and pray that they were doing dueling Jerry Seinfeld's at the time because I know Fallon does an incredible <laughs> oh, Seinfeld did, impression. Did. Oh, that's, yeah, great. that's great.
2: Well, I would like to have
0: you on my show. Well, I would like to come on your show.
1: Yeah. All I'm trying to do is get on shows. <laughs> is it now? Uh, that's an, that's an incredible. List by the way. Yeah, we also have have a
2: great um, uh, interview together with Larry David and Richard Lewis. Oh,
1: great! Um, Just
0: these are guys that founded everything that I've grown up loving about stand-up comedy and admiring about stand-up comedy. Guys that you like. uh, There's there's something. um, Adam Carolla once paid this compliment to Dennis Miller, where he says, "There's some guys that that inspire you to do comedy. Dennis Miller made me think that I couldn't do comedy Mm because no way could ever be that good." Yeah, and that list is just. All of those people—it's—it's it, it, it's amazing, and they all. It, and the crazy part about comedy is that no matter how good you are, no matter how legendary you are in the business, you all have to come from the same place: open mics, building an yeah. act, yeah. going through the same <clears throat> struggles. And even when you are a Jerry Seinfeld, who's the top of this business. You still got to go
1: to Gotham Comedy Club or whatever club, you, or, well, comedian, or whatever the club. documentary comedian. I mean, yeah, that, that was a. That, to me, that was one of the great. You saw that, I'm sure. Yeah, what, I'm comedian. Sorry. Oh, Seinfeld, the Seinfeld yeah. stuff. Yeah, to me that was eye opening because it finally gave uh, us a chance. <clears throat> I was like three years in to see somebody at that level. You, it, it's so funny how you can just uh, f- uh, forget that they have to go through the same process and journey, and you're like. Oh, he didn't just always be great. You're like you right. see him g- going back in the clubs and not doing well was the thing that I think gave me some comfort because I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I thought like they any all- other comedian, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. yeah. other
2: guys fail. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but at least <laughs> yeah. it just. But yeah. I mean, well, we're we're such sure. sick fuckers. I know. Tell me, about <laughs> but I mean, it, you but know.
1: but somebody that like you were, you didn't know that he didn't have that he had those moments is what I'm trying to say. Like that one, right.
2: one one of the sweetest experiences for me back in New York, particularly was. Seeing the guys get ready for the Tonight Show or the Ed Sullivan Show when the Tonight mm-hmm. Show was in New York.
1: They would come showcase at the club and all the time. Not show, you or know, they would break or in the material yeah.
2: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and you see the development, particularly with somebody like Rodney. Right. Take a, you know, 10 minutes and, and hone it down to five. It was Just ma- magic. And, yeah, and it
0: magic, you, and you yeah. see him trimming the fat all, yeah, off of yeah,
2: jokes. Yeah. And, and did you, and you have a re- favorite re- re- re-
1: wording? Did you have a favorite Rodney joke or a moment? No, or?
2: no, but my favorite joke on that uh, story on that is Dick Cavett came in for the second time he ever performed in a club.
0: Dick ha- for a uh, host of the old uh, Dick Cavett show. show. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. and uh, <laughs> got that one. Specific- put that together, Brad. Very yeah. sophisticated. <laughs> I pulled it. And Dick does a joke uh, that um, he was. Um, he his friend. He went to his friend's wedding from Yale, and his friend was so rich that instead of throwing rice, they threw Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> then the second joke was, and that's become a classic. Yeah. The second joke was, and they had the caviar flown all the way in from Beluga. I didn't get it. I didn't know. I had to look it up. Sure. Yeah. And they didn't have the fucking web in that. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that. yeah. That yeah, that and you have to bring up the world you, book encyclopedia. For those of you who laughed nervously, beluga is the whale. That's no, the I, did yeah, I, I, I knew do that. That's why I do that. Yeah, thing. yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so anyway, I, I, I I I that from didn't the Rappy that. song. <laughs> I did, beluga. I didn't know that. Right. That's a fact. And he comes back and he doesn't do that joke. He does not Uncle Ben and I said, Hey Dick, why didn't you do that joke? you know? Mm-hmm. About the bluegill, he says, "Well, nobody got it." I said, "Geez, I loved it." <laughs> <laughs> Typical California pretentious yeah. prick. Yeah. Club. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. so uh, great!
0: But and yeah. and then, <laughs> but. It, isn't that always so fascinating? No matter how many times I see comics in this business, I, I love seeing the process. I love seeing yeah. guys try jokes out. Okay, that didn't work. But then they, and then, they, and then they go back and they try it a new time. That's why if, if you're in an audience and you wonder why the comic got mad at you when you were taping his or her set, you know, with your phone, oh, just like oh. putting out like that's why we're getting mad, because this isn't exactly which will not happen at the improv. No, it it, it I does you guys not. Are
2: and thank you that. for that. Boy, I was sitting there one night with Alex and we're right in the middle and I see a guy stage right all the way in the corner with his phone out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could hardly see it. And the doorman. Right over there. Right. He
1: was just just getting audio. Wasn't even getting video, huh?
2: I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's why, because these jokes aren't ready yet. We're not done. We're not, like, they're taking time. And the reason why we go up on stage and tell them is because we're trying to figure out how to make the best possible joke. So wait until we put them out on an album or a TV appearance. That's when they're ready. Sure. That's when they're good.
2: It's also, it's so annoying. You know, I I go to the Hollywood Bowl and people are there with their phones videoing mm-hmm. the performance. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's rude because you're looking at the guy's video camera, I mean, the, the phone yeah. in front of you rather yep. than seeing the performance. Yeah, sure. totally. And so and they you, allow it. Yeah. And I won't go back
1: there. Louis has got that great new bit about, in his special, about how he's like these parents, he's like he went to this kid's recital and all these parents are holding up the oh. phone.
2: He's like, they're right in front of you. Like, I what know. are you <laughs> watching the phone? Yeah, you're yeah, never yeah. going to look exactly. at that video. You know, I'm so proud of my son. Mm-hmm. He's that my grandson is playing in Cooperstown this week. What? They're doing some. It's not a. I don't know how he got there, but he's playing for <laughs> practice. No, I mean, yeah, he's twelve years old, but he's playing for the team is called SWAT, and he's from uh, okay out in West Hills. Okay, and it stands for. S- Simon Wiesenthal athletic team. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my
0: god. Yeah. because when you hear the name Wiesenthal you think <laughs> athletics. You
2: know, and you think SWAT, tough. Yeah. You know. yeah. But I, I my son is a geek. You know, he can do anything with a computer and the cameras and That's everything. Right. And uh his wife sends us an email so you click on here and you'll be able to they're televising on the you know on the internet. Sure. Uh, broadcasting two of the games, four of the games, we can see them yeah, on your computer. Great. So, and I was going to call, and I called he called me this morning to remind me, and I turned it on, and boom, I got it on. The old shoe got it on, it was great. <laughs> and I said, Are you videoing the games? And he said, No, I'm not. And I didn't have to ask, and I know why, because he's there and he wants to see it. Right. He doesn't want to. Spend be, yeah, be to, preoccupied with trying exactly, to capture fr- exactly, and
1: and yeah.
0: especially with a performance art that is stand-up comedy, it is so in the moment, and you oh, do and true, you do yeah. have to be there. And who gives a fuck about showing the video to your friends later? They're, they're, it's not the same. Be there, enjoy the show. Yeah. If if your friends want to see it, the friends can go to a live show. And there's there's nothing like stand-up comedy live. And it, it, it feels weird having to say that, but in this day and age, you 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 kind of do. And this brings me to an, another question I want to ask you Bud and that's uh, is, is there any is, is there anything you've seen change with stand up in terms in terms of trends in terms of uh, like how has the art form changed have as, people gotten taller or have uh, <laughs> well, the
2: jokes you know that's strange you should say that sure. because uh, I'm uh, Going to be involved with the Cabo. I'm getting an honor, I should say, the New Cabo Film Festival. Oh yeah, the, uh, uh, oh
0: yeah, the uh, Cabo Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and uh, they're giving me the the Giant of Comedy Award. Whoa! <laughs> and they're also the other award, the main award, is mm-hmm. the Jack Rollins Newcomer, something like that. Wow. Jack mm-hmm. Rollins, Do you know who he is? I don't. Jack Rollins is a legendary manager who managed, and his name is he's 98. And his name is still on Woody Allen's movie as executive producer. Really? Rollins and Jaffe were the guys. And Jack discovered Harry Belafonte, Nichols and May, Woody Allen, Dick Cabot, Robert Klein. i go on and on Jesus. and on. Jesus. Wow. And um, so this guy is an old friend. The guy who's promoting is a friend of old friend. So he's yeah. doing this. And I thought of a story back in New York. Jack used to come in the club, and Jack is the mildest, nicest man you'd ever mm-hmm. want to meet. Powerful, but you know, yeah. so nice. Sure. And um the world's tallest man from Bottom of Bailey Circus was there. Oh Great. Robert something? No, Eddie or something? Carmel.
0: Oh, Eddie Carmel. Okay. Eight
2: feet one inches tall. Jeez. And the doorways at the improv were like this in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. maybe yeah, just two inches bigger. Six, seven. seven, seven something no, I mean like that. not high. Oh, really? Okay. Not high. I could fill the doorway. Right. <laughs> and Jack's about to leave just as Eddie is about to go on. And Eddie blocks the doorway. I mean, blocks the doorway. Says, <laughs> Mr. Rollins, don't tell me you're leaving now. I'm going on soon. And Jack looks up and says, well, I, I guess I can stay a little. While. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you eight-foot giant. Yeah, exactly. Well <laughs> that's, it's so funny. So I'm getting the giant award yeah. at the same time as Jack Rollins. That's incredible. I mean, Jack won't be there. Mm-hmm. I say he's yeah, gay. yeah. But I got to tell that story. Oh, you right? have it to! That's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. Great
0: story. Uh, yeah. and and the <laughs> giant of comedy. I'll take awards I'll never get for a thousand, <laughs> Alex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, what or, about what about? Uh, now you were telling me another great story about uh, and Chappelle being one of my favorites because I saw him in Montreal. I told you that the night yeah. before we were leaving and do a whole new hour. And he's been popping in and out of town for the last yeah. couple of years, you know, piecing together an act. And and it was just I felt like I was watching. You know, just one of the best of all time. And I can't even imagine what it was like seeing him when he first started. But you told me a great story, uh, how he got uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights with Mel Brooks.
2: Well, he came into the club from New York. And um he um, was there two weeks, I think. And I got a call from Mel Brooks, dropping name. <laughs> yeah, <pick that laughs> up. he says, Bud, I just lost Eddie Griffin. I had him. Boy, you didn't know how lucky he was. I had him. <laughs> I had him. I had him in... Oh, I didn't have a new pair of white Air Force be, Ones every day of filming. The film would be filming. still taping. <laughs> yeah. filming. Uh, wow. So Eddie, so Eddie got a deal with HBO, so he couldn't do the the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, I need somebody, you know, that ilk. And, By that, he means black. Well, no, more than just black. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, black, fine. wise Why is exactly? exactly. Why yeah, 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 of course. And I said... Well, I got just—I mean, Mr. Brooks, I got just the guy yeah, for you. Mm-hmm. He just arrived two weeks ago. Wow. Wow. Now, was that because
1: you—you actually—you thought he was perfect, or it was oh, he like, was perfect yeah. for it? Mm-hmm. You know,
2: Eddie, I can see Eddie, and sure. I see, this, I see Dave, Dave yeah. and you know, it was just what he wanted. It was so he was good. good. Yeah, Terrible it was movie, but yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's—I'm still waiting for my call, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, seriously. <laughs> you don't need a Bud Friedman type. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, no. I I
0: when 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 I told a couple comics I'm I'm just coming back from the uh from the Kansas City Improv and uh a couple of comics said you have to ask Bud uh why a monocle
2: oh why a monocle <laughs> that's a good question I but uh, give a
1: little tilt on the mic just up a little bit okay I just, I,
2: there you uh, go. Yeah. I um I started the club when I was thirty mm-hmm. and my eyesight was perfect. Mm-hmm. And as the years progressed, I found myself okaying waitress check. Bud, would you okay this check? You know, and I didn't know what was I couldn't see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was like the sheriff in the old western town. I didn't want to tell anyone I was going blind. <laughs> sure. Right? And I didn't want to wear glasses because I usually dress like this in a T-shirt sure. or mm-hmm. a shirt with no place to put my glasses. So I came up with the idea of a monocle, which would be very effective and very effect- affected. Yeah, yeah, and it worked, you know. So I've had it for. And you know.
0: let me say this: when when you're talking to a, a man who has a monocle, you feel a need to be a little more to use that word, sophisticated around him. <laughs> you know, you, you don't you don't yeah. you don't exactly walk up to a guy with a monocle and go, "What's up, motherfucker?" Like no, you know, sure, you, yeah. you, don't, you don't do that. It's, it's like, an
2: accessory
1: that exudes confidence <laughs> and uh, some sort of, you know.
0: I I like that. Pretty much all the club owners and founders. In Los Angeles, whether it be Jamie Masada, Mitzi Shore, yourself. Uh, you, you were all. We'd like to do a face off. I'd love to fight. Yeah.
1: The <laughs> <fucking fuckers>. So, <laughs> Can't wait! Bring them on the celebrity death match that they would have. Oh, you that'd know, be the, the comic best. Uh, uh, this uh, Friday, <laughs> Bud Freeman, Mitzi Shore, in a showdown of the ages inside a
0: fifteen-foot-high steel cage. My, my money's on you, Bud. Yeah, I uh, hope so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I may be older. No, I, I'm not older than she is. <laughs> maybe. But what I was saying
0: is, you're all you're all such um, individual personalities, and I any, any comic that's met any of you for more than. Uh, an hour or two, pretty much everyone has a Jamie Masada impression, a Mitzi Shore impression, a Bud Freeman impression because you've got such such dynamic per, uh, personalities. And it just shows that you have to be, in order to deal with comedians, in order to run a comedy club, you have to have that personality.
2: Well, Mike Lacey, who's the nicest guy in the world, mm-hmm. has no personality. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there goes the theory. There. Yeah. I don't know.
1: What, uh, you worked and saw Robin Williams, yeah? He came in a lot, didn't he?
2: Oh, yes. Robin... Uh, Robin came uh, out to L.A. and When he uh, got more and Mindy, right? No. Not before the, that, okay. 78. He was unknown, completely unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put him on, and he was brilliant. But nobody – why are you putting him on? He hasn't, people would say to me, he's got no act. I said, he's got something. You <laughs> he's got know? something, yeah.
1: And, now, what, uh, what had you seen prior that made you go and putting him up when people said, don't do it?
2: I saw what, how, what he could do. Right. You know, they couldn't see that. I don't know. But he said to me um, – I'm thinking of going back to New York. I still own the New York Club. That was before I was struck by that dread California disease <coughs> community property. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> lost the New York Club to my ex-wife. But um, I still owned it. And mm-hmm. all the comics were moving out here, as I said earlier, because yeah. of costs and moving out here. And all. So uh, Robin says, I'm thinking of moving back to New York to finish my education at Juilliard, get my degree. I said, mm-hmm. very good idea, Robin. I forget I'll have a great act in New York for at least a oh, year. yeah, so, yeah so great you're idea. Good, you transferring do it. your Definitely talent. Do it. Yeah. yeah, he didn't listen to me. Look what happened to him. <laughs> poor kid. Poor kid. Whatever happened. He'll to catch him. I
1: think
0: right. Right. I I'll say uh he played
1: a woman in some movie. Right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Doubtfire. Or something. Yeah, must I I be going terrible. Yeah.
0: See what he had to do. See that? That's why I'm not going in the dress. I'm not doing that. I don't want to end up like that poor sap, Robin Williams. That's what happens. One of the greatest. uh One of the most the most insane moments of, of my career personally was I got off I got off stage one time in San Francisco and Robin was in the audience in Mill Valley where, where, he, where he lives I never met Robin before obviously an icon of comedy and he's backstage and he just walks up to me and goes oh my god Mr. Williams you're like Prozac with a head <laughs> i'm just like i can die now oh look at you <laughs> with that head. and then he swallowed you yeah
2: <laughs> he does love his pills <laughs> not anymore, not anymore. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah he's very very clean now but uh it, it's just i mean and like my surreal moment there was uh later that night it was robin williams talking with dana carvey talking with mort saul in a green room and I'm there with my opener, uh, Jeff Keith. And we all, we both want to say stuff, but we're like, don't talk. Just listen, just let this happen. And I can't imagine how many moments you've witnessed like that, where you have a prior talking to Rodney, talking to Robin, talking to whoever, one
2: of my greatest accomplishments, uh, our first, uh, franchise was San Diego in 1985. And, uh, the guy who franchises a guy named Mark Anderson, who was a comedian, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, who, whose family was in the oil business. And uh, through his father, Mark Anderson's father, he knew Jonathan Winters, and I knew Robin. Right. And I went to Robin, and I said, this is what I've never said before or since. Listen, hey, Robin, uh, Jonathan Winters is coming to our Open in San Diego, and he'd love to have you there. And Mark Anderson went to Jonathan and said, hey, Jonathan, Robin Williams is coming to the opening and he'd love to wow. have you there. Whoa. And we got him on stage for the first time together doing standup. Wow. When and was this? 19, 1985. I think I've seen that picture.
0: I think, I think, yeah, the, I think there's the a picture of that. Yes. Right. Doing right, that. Yeah. And, uh, if, if for any idiotic reason, you're not familiar with Jonathan Winters, uh, Jonathan Winters is the like the founder. You shouldn't be listening yeah. to this program. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <Thank> you. What, <laughs>
1: do, what do they do on stage together? They just, just improvise. Well, they're the now, two uh, masters of yeah. improv.
0: I mean, uh, one of my favorite comedy clips of all time is, I think, uh, on... I think it's... I, it, it, it might be the Steve Allen show. I'm not sure. It, it, it's an old late night show. And the host just hands Jonathan Winters a stick. And he says, watch what he can do with the stick. Oh. And Jonathan goes for... Yeah. 10 minutes just like doing different improvs with the stick and he wasn't told anything he wasn't he didn't prep he wasn't said he was going to get a stick he just start, he just starts going and it's genius shit and uh, Robin always looked up to Jonathan and thought that he was the master which he was and so the fact that you got them both on know, stage San Diego amazing. improv and was that moment ever Duplicated? Were they, Did they ever perform I, with each other again?
2: Oh, I think they have. Oh, they yeah, have? they did. Yes, sense, sense. Yeah, oh, but, yeah, but... See, and then our,
1: our equivalent is seeing David Attell bring Brad up on stage and ask him questions about being a dwarf. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not what we have. Yeah, which is also just as good.
0: Uh, no, pff, are you kidding yeah. me? No way. But, uh, you
2: know, it's up he there. He says no way. He has a nerve to... Yeah, <laughs> say that's not a, a true story. Yeah, yeah, of like we it's... didn't think. Yeah, it was a, yeah. incomparable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's oh, how God. big my ego is, bud. Yeah.
2: Boy, oh boy, yeah. that's Brad. how big yeah. I feel. You
0: know what? These guys might think I'm as good as Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters. <laughs> yeah. Let me let yeah, me take no, them
2: yeah, down yeah, a thank notch. You. That's <laughs> let nice. Let me take them down a saying. notch. And, <laughs> and those people who thought that should not be listening to this program <laughs> either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, what about Eddie Murphy? Did he ever pop into the uh...
2: Eddie Murphy was uh a bard at the New York Improv for cursing by my ex-wife after she was running No the kidding. Club, really? Uh which you well, would say it's no longer there. Yeah, but, that's, that's um, why that's am pretty uh, sure that's why you broke up with her. Uh, <laughs> but um Eddie popped in a few times. I'm not I'm not really a fan of Eddie. As yeah. a comedic actor, I think he's unparalleled, brilliant, unparallel. yep. brilliant. Mm-hmm. but as a stand-up, you know, he would say fuck like uh, we were doing the army for no reason. And he had the nerve to say once that uh, Richard Pryor gave him the right to say these words on stage because Richard Pryor did. Mm-hmm. And Richard Pryor always had a reason, always right. had a reason for using the word, not using it as an adjective or a noun or, or whatever sure. adverb. And uh, that's the big difference between Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Sure. What, do you think that.
1: Now, yeah, obviously, everyone wants Eddie to come back. And do you, you think there's, you know, and there's, uh, you know, 20, 20 years I think of just stuff that you know materially mm-hmm. could talk about. But I mean, what, do you think there's something that's keeping him other than just maybe the fear of getting back up? Do you think if do you think it's true that if you take enough time of a break away from stand up that you can get rusty and really? Oh
2: well, I'm sure you get rusty, but it, you know, mm-hmm. somebody like Eddie, um, you know, would have no problem getting back in. That. Yeah. No, he's smooth. He's a professional. Yeah. No problem with that.
0: Uh, you you mentioned the name Elaine Boozler yes. uh, er, 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 earlier, and you're you had a bunch of different female comedians, obviously throughout your years at the Improv, and uh Elaine's one of the founders of not, not founders of female comedy, but Elaine just, was yeah.
2: the first comedian mm-hmm. to do non self deprecating humor, if that makes sense. Yeah, In sure. In other words, she I always depict Elaine as um. Unisex comic. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's feminine. Sure. She's lovely. But her humor could be said by a man or a woman. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so short. I think right. like Ellen's oh, the same way. Don't you agree? Ellen?
1: generous maybe? Her uh, observational yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean- yeah, absolutely. But again, Elaine was the first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Joan Rivers and it was uh, uh, Toadie Fields and they all did fat jokes, ugly jokes. Sure, has been jokes and right, quite and, a difference.
0: And yeah, and and that's those are the female comics that I that I love the most personally are the ones that uh w- like like you said you can give their material to a man and it yeah. it wouldn't change doesn't matter it's just they're funny as funny and uh, it 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 uh, translates well. So I mean, now did you ever? Because I know Mitzi had the belly room, which was supposed to be like like just for female comedians. Did you ever? Feel a need to do anything special for for female comics, or or do you say fuck it? They're just like everybody else. Yeah,
2: I, I, you know, everyone says oh they have it so tough. Well, in my mind, they have an advantage. Yeah, particularly, you know, going back to Elaine's days because you wanted a woman on the on the stage if she mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would rather p- if I had a choice between a, a male and a female,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they were equal, I would pick the female because she's rarer. Uh, but um, I once. Uh, do you remember Shirley Hemphill? Yes, she was a very uh, she was obese, acerbic, black, oh, yeah, 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 an actress. She was on a series, mm-hmm. and she and Johnny Witherspoon, and Johnny and I were great friends at the time. For some reason, we're no longer friends. But anyway, they were coming across the street to the club from the Mustache um, Cafe, and Shirley was strictly a uh, comedy store performer. Okay, and Johnny, I guess, did both. And Shirley says. How many brothers you got working here? I said, what? How many brothers you got working here? You heard me. I said, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) What do you mean? You haven't counted? I said, no, I haven't counted. Mm -hmm. And Johnny says, listen, Shirley, if he says he hasn't, he means it. You know, I trust Bud. And I said, yeah, it's not like I have a special room for brothers (laughs) or women.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and And that's one thing that... I think if you look at the three clubs in LA, Com- Comic Store, Laugh Factory, Improv, Improv to me is you guys kind of, the improv sort of gives comics the freedom to do whatever it is they want to do and they don't try to categorize comics and like, okay, tonight is Black Night and well, tonight is Asian Night. Well, you have a couple, but yeah. uh, it, like you, you, you tend to shy away from the themes and you'll put, um, You'll, you'll, you'll put an alternative comic, followed by a piano guy, followed by me, followed by Adam, followed by like it, it. Just you just say, "Hey, funny's funny." Throw throw everyone
1: up there and let's see what you got.
2: Can you follow him, Adam? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, There's a, <laughs> there, there was a time when I couldn't. Well, it depends. If he if he does the dance, nobody can follow. <laughs> nobody can follow that. Uh, that Bill Burr even said that at the uh, they were doing the uh, April Foolish show at the Gibson Amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, Who said that? Bill Burr had to follow oh, oh. Uh, Brad, and he was working out a bit about how uh, it's just I saw him work out the bit. That's why Bill is so great at the comedy store the night before about how Hitler didn't get enough credit and <laughs> everybody, and it was it was all about how like I Stalin love the premise already. It was that Hitler had more kills, but Stalin was like. Uh, or no, Stalin didn't get enough credit. Hitler had the it factor. He had the mustache and yelling, and he goes, Stalin killed way more people than Hitler. He goes, it was like comparing, you know, uh, Thriller to Hootie and the Blowfish. Like, (laughs) you know, and he's working this out, and he just followed Brad, and people were, 6,000 people were kind of off and on board, and then he just pauses and goes, you know what, you guys just fucking went nuts watching a a midget fucking breakdance. You can't get behind my Hitler bit for two minutes. <laughs> he goes, let me work this out, you know. What was the show? I think? Uh April Foolishness.
0: Uh, there's a radio station out here, uh, K Rock. And, oh. and they and they do a comedy show every year. Oh. It it's it's at the Gibson. And uh yeah, last year it was Ari Shafir, myself, Doug Benson, Bill Burr, uh, and Jay Moore. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's mm-hmm. and they they do it every year. It's a it, it's a fun night, and that's when B- Bill Bill actually came off stage and walked up to me. And I haven't talked to Bill in maybe at that point like a year and a half. Yeah. And, he's, and he's my favorite comic, so yeah. I'm like, all right, I gotta get, get to talk to Bill. And he walks up and he goes, "Why the fuck didn't you close the show? You should fucking <laughs> yeah, close the yeah, show." And he yeah. walks up like, ah, what, what yeah, did nice I do? See you too. Yeah, man. I pissed him off. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Ah, <laughs> but uh, just but it's it's just one of those nights, and it's funny to me because." Uh, Kevin and Bean, who are the DJs that put on the show, they all they always advertise that as like you'll 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 never see a night of comedy like this ever. And LA comics were sitting there going, Well, or you can go to the improv. Yeah pretty much every night and mm-hmm. who knows who's popping in and who that knows is gra- who's showing oh, up oh totally
1: and that's a great I mean you know there's nights I mean I do you know that I followed Chris Rock at the Improv or now you know now, and Dane and Louis. Louis. Louis bro, I mean man. it's yeah. just yeah it's uh, what, what was like the uh, equivalent uh, and we'll wrap this up in a few minutes what what um like for guys like us, like to follow like Chris or Louie on a night. Like, were well, there. Like
2: uh, Jimmy Fallon, follow, an unknown Jimmy yeah. Fallon following Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Yeah, you know, oh, there man. you
1: go. And that's so, isn't that, and that to me is like really one of the great things that there's, you know, to have a club like that and those types of opportunities that obviously people coming in want to see all heavy hitters, but I mean, there's something really great about seeing people they don't know and, and dis- feel like they're discovering. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was there ever a night when you saw uh like somebody like a, a found following something that just couldn't follow it or was uh um, oh
2: i'm sure many time times i yeah. try to block those memories out but, <laughs> but uh, or like yeah.
1: who who are the guys that were just so unbelievably undeniably that would slaughter that it was like doesn't matter who's going up next it's all oh, the guys we talked about yeah
2: you know, rodney was the most one of the most devastating because really? you know, he was so brilliant yeah
1: he did a lot of crowd work too Yeah,
2: yeah yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah it's just, not too much, no.
1: It's just, uh, it,
0: you create in that club, I mean...
1: I'd like to see Rodney, by the way, follow Brad's lap dance. He like could. That would be... Absolutely. If there was anything we could get him back for.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that at the Improv... I'll go to the improv just to hang out, even if I don't have a set, and that's sort of an environment you create there, and whether it be at the original New York Club or at the Hollywood Club now, it's a place where comics just go. If you're not doing anything that night, you go to the improv. If you go up, eh, great. If not, you know you're always going to see friends. You're going to be surrounded by talented individuals. And, and uh, you have
2: a bar and dining room to hang out, and sure. that helps. Well, not, yeah, we do. Not yeah, those, oh, yeah, right? yeah
0: it, it certainly does help. And if, if you were to have your comedy Mount Rushmore, absolutely, Bud Freeman's head goes on it, sir. So. Congratulations you, to you. you, you, you every... Nicely put, Brian. Yeah. Well, well, it was a great you compliment. could open with
2: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could open that instead of like, uh, if you don't know who If you, who don't, this if guy you is. don't know right. who this yeah, asshole yeah. is over so I here. I went from an unknown <laughs> to Mount Rushmore. Wow. I
2: In I only just 45 good, minutes. Yeah. I must have had a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Okay. yeah, Brad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, right.
0: it, it is and every comic truly owes you a de- a debt of gratitude for for what you've done for comics and what you've done for comedy as a whole absolutely so,
1: absolutely a huge Thank
0: honor for Thank having you on you, too bud. my pleasure yeah. and, uh what so what's the um epic special I, I want epic you to plug Edge it December one more time.
2: 6th mm mm-hmm. And it'll be repeated about four hundred times, and then we're going on to Showtime. I mean, uh, Comedy Central, great. okay, and that'll be shown forty times actually. <laughs> um, and it's a you know great. And it's show. and it's
1: I mean for uh, a synopsis, of it, it's, it's going to be I mean just not only the history of the club and and, and, and the history
2: of stand up modern stand up comedy really, and inside
1: yeah. from all from people yeah. who came
2: up right. in, yeah. yeah,
0: I as a comic, I can't wait for that. And if you're Me a too. comedy fan, it's gonna. It, I I can only imagine how how good this is going to be. Uh, Bud, it has truly been an honor to have you here, sir. Thank you, Brad.
1: Thank uh, you, Adam. Thank you, Brad. Uh, and now in typical Brad Williams uh, closing the set fashion, Brad will now uh, give Bud a lap dance uh, on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and you just get the audio of it, which is just as good. And if you You're- can't see, Bud close his eyes. looked like uh, we just told him Christmas was over. Oh, uh, I've never yeah. seen a more sad look. Two boys,
2: yeah. Really Two boys, sad Christmas. Christmas being over. <laughs> That's a very poor analogy yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess, alright, well Rosh Hashanah has been postponed <laughs> yeah, Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, Hanukkah has
1: been shortened oh, There God. you go uh, well, well.
2: By the way, the, the improv never Raises its prices On New Year's Eve on Rosh Hashanah Really? Yes Wow. That's a joke, you see Rosh Hashanah on New Year's Eve <laughs> oh, raising shit. the prices oh, shit. <laughs> it it <laughs> <taken seriously. laughs> I'm taking it seriously Well you show, got right? me. are we all through here? Because well, no, all <laughs> respect <laughs> All respect for you guys, and I'm having David move out. Your roommate. Man. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, well, see, Brad
1: shouldn't have. You know, you, you were right to just be staring blankly because you know yeah. you're not Jewish.
0: <laughs> but I didn't
1: for, know. Me, for me to not pick up on the Rosh Hashanah bits, it happens. Well, okay. I
2: qualified Rosh Hashanah New Year's you Eve. Did. I, you know, yeah. I tried to explain to the boy, <laughs> but uh, you know, as we say in French, "The gun is helping." not going to yeah. help. Do you know what that means, Brad?
0: I have no idea. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to help. Okay. <laughs> <gonna> help. Not <laughs> not help. Help. <laughs> Perfect. Um, on behalf of uh, Adam. (laughs) bud friedman i'm brad williams this has been the about last night show please try to remember our names in the morning
1: (laughs) (laughs) seeking the truth never gets old